Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. Thank you, thank you. You are listening to the Derek Izzy Show. Welcome back to another month of easy listening and looking back through history. Here on the Derek Izzy Show, today's show is brought to you by a brand new sponsor. As I said before, all of our sponsor links are available on DerekIzzy.com. Please check that out, especially this month's sponsor. I never bring on sponsors that I don't actually believe in or use their products. This month's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. What is that? Exactly what it says. BetOnline. Legal sports gambling. You can use a credit card to set up your account. You can use Bitcoin to set up your account. In fact, I'd recommend using Bitcoin because there's, there's no fees when you go that route. But by being a loyal listener of the Derek Izzy Show, check this out. If you use that link on DerekIzzy.com, use that link to set up your account and you will get a 50% bonus on your initial deposit. 50%. So check this out. If you're going to go, let's say there's a big sporting event coming up, you want to set up your account uh, this weekend. This weekend, there's UFC fights. There's all kinds of sports going on right now. They have online poker. You can bet on horse racing. You can bet on props. For example, let's say there's a baseball game going on. Well, there's always prop bets you can bet on. You know, let's say, let's say you've got a good feeling that this pitcher is going to pitch a no-hitter for the first two innings. Well, that might be a prop bet. Or you can bet on another prop bet might be the score after one inning. These are little, little side bets you can do that you can make some extra money at. Go with your hunch. Use the link on DerekIzzy.com. That's the only way that our show gets tied into it. And you get your 50% bonus from your initial deposit. And I'll tell you, when I signed up for it, I got my 50% bonus, and it took, it took uh, I don't know, maybe three days, three days or five days for that bonus to show up, but then I used it right away. So it's a good deal, brought to you by the Derek Izzy Show. Use that link, derekizzy.com. Go to the betonline.ag website, set up your initial deposit, get your 50% bonus, and start winning some money. And now... The topic of today's podcast. The Lone Ranger. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver. 
the Lone Ranger. Are you silver, With his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early West. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. The Lone Ranger rides again. The Lone Ranger, the legendary radio show, which then became a TV show, a book, several books, several movies. The Lone Ranger was all over the big screen. But who was the Lone Ranger? At the creation of the story, the Lone Ranger's name was John Reed. He got his name, the Lone Ranger, by being part of the Texas Rangers when their group of rangers was ambushed. All but one were killed. John Reed was the only survivor. In the story, he was saved by an Indian named Tonto, who rescued him, brought him to his village, and then nursed him back to health. As the radio show, movies, and books would describe, the Lone Ranger had impeccable moral fiber and relentless character. He was a lone form of justice always knowing right from wrong, always taking the higher ground, capturing or killing the bad guys, saving the innocent, and always standing for justice. He wore a mask, as if to disguise himself so nobody would know his true identity. He also rode a white horse. The horse's name was Silver. The horse had silver horseshoes. And matching the silver horseshoes were the Lone Ranger's bullets. In the story... The silver was mined on property that John Reed's family owned. The silver bullet became his calling card. The Lone Ranger was said to have impeccable aim. His accuracy and speed was unmatched. Traveling across the territories, capturing bad guys, being the fastest on the draw, always fighting for justice. That was the legend behind the story of the Lone Ranger. But where did this story come from? Several authors and notable personalities have looked into this. The overwhelming conclusion of historians, including the great Bill O'Reilly, they've all come to the same conclusion that the story of the Lone Ranger was mostly based on the true life of Bass Reeves. Now, to give you a little bit of history on Bass Reeves, There's a lot of similarities between the life he led and the actual story of the Lone Ranger. Bass Reeves lived his life to uphold the law. 
He was quoted as saying, Maybe the law ain't perfect, but it's the only one we got, and without it, we got nothing. Bass Reeves was born in 1838 in Crawford County, Arkansas. He grew to be six foot two. At the time, that was a towering man, a large man with a great moral compass. He was raised as a slave. Sometime between 1861 and 1862, that's when Bass decided to take off on his own. Now, there's a little bit of a conspiracy over what happened between him and his master. Rumors that there was a card game and some alleged words were exchanged and he got into a fight with his owner. But regardless of what the rumors are, fact is he separated from his owner and went off on his own. As a self-freed slave, Bass really had nowhere to go. He headed off to the Indian Territory. It was in this Indian Territory where he learned to speak the language. This was an area where the five civilized tribes, the Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw, Creek, and Seminole Indians, they all ruled the land. This was an area where the white man really didn't travel. This is where all the Indians, they stayed, they had their tribes, they had their own system of justice. There was a set of deputies that patrolled the Indian Territory. As someone who is now familiar with the Indian Territory and had learned to speak the language, Bass Reeves was recruited to be a deputy covering this area. Growing up in a rough environment, Bass was known for his legendary strength and legendary speed and accuracy with his firearms. He had street smarts. He was illiterate, so he couldn't read, he couldn't write, but he was very good at figuring out solutions to situations. Once he was deputized, he was given warrants to go out and arrest criminals. Now, he's illiterate, so he can't read the warrants. So it's said that he would have somebody else read all the warrant information to him until he memorized it. It's also said that he spent 32 years on the prowl for criminals and never arrested the wrong person. During his legendary 32 years, it's said that he arrested over 3,000 men and women who broke federal laws in Indian Territory. Out of those 3,000, he killed approximately 14. Back in the day where there was lots of Wild West gunslinging shootings and criminals killing people left and right. For someone to capture so many criminals without killing that many, that was legendary in itself. Known for his cunningness and his ability to disguise himself, here are a couple of the stories that led to his famous stature in the law enforcement community. At one point, he was on the prowl for two criminals. They were brothers. He tracked down the family home where he knocked on the door and found the mom of the two criminals. The criminals were not there. He went in, met with the mom, and pretended pretended to be a man just passing through, looking for a place to stay and some work. While he talked to her, she informed him about what her sons had been doing. She knew about the illegal activity and he was happy to let her tell the story. She had no idea who he really was. He hung out at the house. The mother even suggested 
that he join her two sons on their criminal enterprise and that they worked together. When the two sons came home, he abruptly arrested them. The mother was shocked. Of course, she felt betrayed and she was very upset, but Bass Reeves got his men. He was developing a reputation for being able to capture anybody in any situation. Criminals feared him. Other rangers feared him. At one point, let me tell you a little story about Bass Reeves' moral compass. And let's put you in this situation. How would you be able to handle this? Now, throughout the course of Bass's life, he had 10 children. Now, at the time, families were a lot bigger than they were today. So 10 children is about the average family for back then. And the laws were a little bit different. So here's what happened. The story goes, Bass Reeves' son came home one day and found his wife in bed with another man. Outraged and humiliated, the son killed them both. At the time, killing your cheating wife and the person she was cheating with was illegal, and a warrant was issued for Bass Reeves' son to be arrested. None of the Texas Rangers wanted to arrest the son of Bass Reeves, but Bass stepped up and volunteered for the job. He went back and arrested his own son. He brought his son back to stand trial, and the son was convicted. How many of you could actually do that? How many of you have the kind of moral compass to stay consistent and enforce the laws under a difficult family situation just like Bass Reeves did? This is what made him legendary. He was able to uphold the law under any circumstance. It is said that he was ambidextrous and always carried two Colt pistols with the butts facing forward so he could get a faster draw. This fast draw helped him out in a few tough situations. Once he had approached a villain out on the road, when he went up with the warrant and said he was there to place the villain under arrest, the villain reached for his gun, but Bass Reeves was quicker. He pulled out his gun and fired hitting the villain and killing him with one shot. The villain was never able to fire a shot. This reputation of being a quick draw with speed and accuracy, it was all true. Bass Reeves proved that time and time again throughout his career. According to the Oklahoma City Weekly Times Journal, Reeves was never known to show the slightest excitement under any circumstance. He does not know what fear is. Very similar to the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger wearing a mask, showing no facial expression, no fear, extremely quick with a gun, very accurate, always standing for justice. One of the last things that Bass Reeves has in common with the Lone Ranger story is that many of the fugitives that Bass arrested were sent to the Detroit House of Corrections in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit also happens to be the same city where the Lone Ranger radio program was first introduced on radio station WXYZ in 1933. At the age of 67, Bass Reeves retired from federal law enforcement and became a, a policeman in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Bass Reeves managed to put together one of the most storied, successful careers covering the Indian Territory as a federal marshal, 
especially being African-American at the time. There were very few African-Americans in law enforcement, period, and he was one of the best of any race. In 1910, Bass Reeves died at the age of 71. Most historians have concluded that Bass Reeves' life was the basis for the Lone Ranger series. But now, I've got something else for you to think about. While Bass Reeves did complete a lot of real-life situations and handled things that were very, very similar to how the Lone Ranger operated, today, I'm bringing to you an alternative solution. Another Lone Ranger. Born in 1855 was John Reynolds Hughes. He was born in Cambridge, Illinois, and later on moved to Kansas. He left home at the age of 14 to work as a cowboy. During his cowboy duties, he started traveling west and ended up in Indian Territory. He worked with the Choctaw, Osage Indians, and later the Comanches. He learned their cultures and traditions. He learned their language. Being able to communicate with the Indians, learning how to track like they did, learning how to speak their language, learning their customs, learning how to relate to them, these were all skills that John Hughes would use to his advantage later on in life. In 1886, living in Texas, one of his neighbors had several horses stolen from his property. John Hughes took out on a pursuit. During this pursuit, he killed two of the men who stole the horses and captured the remaining men in the New Mexico Territory. Now, this whole ordeal took several months, but he was able to get the horses back to his neighbor. A feat like this attracted a lot of attention. The attention came down from the Texas Rangers. With that attention came a job offer. While the job offer with the Texas Rangers was only supposed to be short-lived, here's what happened. He was sworn in August 10, 1887. His first assignment was along the Texas-Mexico border. In 1893, when Texas Ranger Captain Frank Jones was killed during an ambush by bandits, John Hughes led a company of rangers on the hunt for these bandits. They were believed to be members of the Algwin family. During the original pursuit, Captain Frank Jones and his group mistakenly entered into Mexico. When you cross the border into Mexico, all the U.S. laws go out the window, so they could not be prosecuted. But John Hughes, he and the rangers, tracked down these 18 suspects and killed them all. Now, during my research, I was able to find somebody who actually said that John Hughes was part of a group of rangers that was ambushed, and they were all killed except him, and that he was rescued by an Indian right along lines with the storyline of the Lone Ranger. I was unable to find actual facts that back up that story, but that information came from a family member who was a direct descendant of someone involved in the incident. Doesn't mean it's true, but it's nonetheless interesting. John Hughes was known for his quick draw and dead-on accuracy. He was an expert when it came to tracking down bandits. Knowing the Indian language and having learned how to track from them, he developed a reputation as one of the most successful Texas Rangers. By 1893, he was a sergeant in the Texas Rangers and then promoted to captain. Patrolling the 
Texas-Mexico border, he became known as the border boss. One of the quotes that came directly from John Hughes was, Nerve without judgment is dangerous and has no place in the ranger service. This was a man who was totally dedicated to serving the rangers and serving justice. He never married throughout his entire career. In 1940, he received the Certificate of Valor to commemorate the bravery that he exhibited while in his service. In 1914, an author named Zane Gray published a novel entitled The Lone Star Ranger. This was a book dedicated to John Hughes and the Texas Rangers, highlighting John Hughes and his adventurous life as a Texas Ranger. It also might be the inspiration for the radio show The Lone Ranger and the whole concept of The Lone Ranger because there are many similarities in the life of John Hughes to the story of The Lone Ranger. After retiring, John Hughes had lived through the end of the frontier and two world wars. In 1947, he moved to Austin, Texas to live with his niece and after suffering from many health issues, at the age of 92, he committed suicide. He commanded the frontier and insisted on justice, and then when his life became a burden, he took that burden away. But I maintain that the Lone Ranger story might have been based on the life of John Hughes. But I'll leave that up for you to decide. Because now you know the rest of the story. Thank you for listening to the Derek Izzy Show. Remember, check out DerekIzzy.com for the link to BetOnline.ag so you can get your 50% bonus and we can get some street cred for helping out that website. Write a five-star review on iTunes. Share the podcast with your friends and family. That's how we grow the show. Continuing to see some really good numbers. So please keep, keep spreading the news. Get this out to everybody you know and tune in next month for a brand new episode of the Derek Izzy Show. Good day. Hey, ho, see!